Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. So God, we, uh, we come before you, Lord, and we just love you, God. I thank you for the opportunity to be here and have church together. Um, Lord, thank you that we're in a free country, God. Um, as we'll see through this message, Lord, it's not something to be taken for granted. And um, we just honor you and give you glory. I ask that you would equip us, Lord, to use our freedom to really make a difference uh, here in Pensacola and in our country, God. And we just glorify you for everything. Uh, just help us this morning, Lord, um, to hear from you and to be able to focus in on uh, what you want to say to us and encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so like Pastor Roger said, we're in this series called Witness, and I was like super, super encouraged last week. I don't know if you guys were here, but Pastor Luis uh, talked about Eugene Peterson, and um, he is really a neat neat guy who, who just recently passed on in 2018, but I found myself this week just like, like he told us to do, slowing down and, and really like I, I kind of can tend to uh, just be a fast-paced person and, and not really like engage in conversation like I should, um, as much as I should. And um, we all encounter a lot of people each week. And really what the message was last week is just be simple and humble yourself and look at the, uh, the small things of life and just the little conversations that you can have that you can really make a difference. And um, truly this week, I mean, I, I was able to really talk with a lot of my employees a little bit more and probably got a little bit less work done, but that's good. That's good. Um, so <clears throat> it, was a, it was a good week, and I, I encourage you, if you didn't hear that, to go back and listen to that message. Um, today, we're talking about Watchman Nee. How many people in the room have heard of Watchman Nee? Okay, good, good little portion. So um, that's exciting because I want to introduce you to him. So he, um, he was uh, born in China, uh, Fu Chao, China, in 1903, so we're going back a little bit further than, than last week, but uh, 1903 in Fuchao, China, to second-generation Christians, his mom uh, had, I believe, two or three girls at the time and was just praying, praying, praying for a boy, praying for a boy, praying for a boy, and promised to the Lord that if you will give me a boy, I will commit him to you and he will be dedicated to you. And so that was kind of the beginning of Watchman Nee's um, you know, ministry, really. And so she committed him to God, and um, he uh, fully committed his life at the age of 17. So kind of what was interesting to me as I was preparing this, um, we talked about it, you know, a couple, couple, few, six weeks ago or so about um, this series, and, <clears throat> you know, Pastor Brian Ost was asking me, you know, who, who would I consider to be a hero in the faith of a current, current hero of the faith? And somebody who had passed on before us, and I was just kind of thinking through, you know, who had impacted me uh, in my younger years. And I can remember when I was somewhere between 15 and 18, and we'll just since he since he dedicated his life to 17, we'll just go with 17. Um, somewhere in that time frame, we did a early morning men's group at like 5:30 every Thursday morning. And I was in high school, so I had time to go and do that before I. I guess I drove at the time, so it must have been at least 16, but um, went, to this, went to this group, and we went through a couple of Watchman Nee's books over the couple of years that we were doing this group. Um, one of them I didn't bring with me today, but it's called Spiritual Authority, another impactful book. Um, but as I was just thinking through, guys who, had, who I've really been impacted by, that was who really stuck out to me is because that was a really formational period 
in my life, um, and I, can't, I, I probably would say that I fully, fully committed my life more to like at 20, but in that time frame was really foundational for me, and so that's why I chose Watchman Nee, and I, um, even through the last three or four weeks, just studying his life, have really been impacted and uh, really encouraged to just be grateful, you know, I mean, he's, you'll, we'll see, we're going to talk about in more depth of what all he went through, and uh, just, just, just the, the things that we have here in America, the things that we have, even just this church building is amazing, and <clears throat> we really can't take it for granted. So let, let's keep, uh, keep talking about Watchman Nee here. So he gave his life, to, or fami- fully committed his life to Christ in 1920 at 17, and pretty well, at that time, he was a really smart guy um, and had, you know, high aspirations of being, uh, you know, either a, uh, just a, a a smart person, either maybe an engineer or a doctor. I don't think he had like a firm plan, but he at that point said, no way, I'm going for God. I'm going all in for God. It's all I'm going to do. And uh, so he uh, really what we're going to learn, and we're going to talk about this a little bit deeper in a minute, is that he learned everything that he gleaned and everything that he passed on to us through just one-on-one Bible study with God, deep, deep Bible study. And so that's what's really, really, really encouraging to me um, because actually I don't have any formal Bible training. I've gone through all kinds of different, I've been at this church since I was 10. Yeah, 10. Okay, that's my dad over there if you didn't know. Um, so uh, gone, through, gone through lots of stuff here, but um, no certificate or, or degree in, in Bible training. But um, all that Watchman Nee learned was from just the study of the Bible. He founded Little Flock, which is a ne- was a network of churches in China, which as we're going to read a little bit later, um, has really impacted even the the, the Christian world in, in China today. Um, and then so following the takeover of China in, uh, I think it started in 1949 is whenever the um, communists took over. Watchman Nee was arrested in March of 1952 for the sake of the gospel. He was falsely condemned, judged, and sentenced to 15 years imprisonment in 1956. And then he died in confinement on May 30th, 1972. So kind of a sad ending to his life, but through that, he really, really, as we're going to look at a little bit deeper, he really, really um, endured suffering, and he endured through it and really had joy through it all. So um, Watchman Nee was a cool guy. He really did live out our purpose statement, which is to be firm in faith, fulfill the call, and finish well. So there's three mindsets that we're going to look at today um, that I really I mean, I could have probably come up with 10 or maybe more, but uh, we're going to just focus in on three uh, for time's sake. But <clears throat> three mindsets that we really should emulate from Watchman Nee's life. And I'll go ahead and give them to you so you can write them on your outline if you'd like and then just listen. Um, but number one is lifelong learning. Lifelong learning, which we'll unpack in a second. Two is patience and suffering. And number three is that we must die to ourself. And in parentheses, you can put the flesh. So we'll start with lifelong learning. So like I said, um, all of Watchman Nee's training was strictly through deep Bible study. And um, in the bibliographies that I read about him, uh, everybody said, which we're going to read in a second, that he was just such a a really, really, really learner. Like he always wanted to learn more. And it, it kind of led me and reminded me of this scripture in Proverbs 18. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. 
So we should never, ever in our life come to a place where we don't want to keep learning. We should always, always, always be trying to glean more, trying to add more knowledge, trying to add more wisdom, um, because just like the Bible tells us, we're never going to be completely made perfect until we get to heaven. we got to always be learning. No matter where you get in life, no matter where you go, no matter all the things that you do for God, no matter what, you still need to consider yourself a student. So always keep learning. James 1 also says this, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. So, deep Bible study. I mentioned that a little, little bit ago. And what I mean by that is really taking, so I think there's a difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible. Reading your Bible or studying your Bible. So I know from, I mean, I do this as well. If, you know, maybe sleep in a little later than I should and I still maybe get my Bible reading in, but I wouldn't call it studying. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, studying the Bible is more like, let's take a verse and meditate on this verse, look at a, maybe even a bunch of different translations, and really get aggressive and look at the Greek, if it's in the New Testament, Hebrew, if it's the Old Testament. Um, I haven't used this in a long time, but um, I, when I first got into ministry, lo- downloaded a really awesome software called Logos, Logos Bible Study software. And I mean, you could, on your computer screen, obviously have a Bible verse and literally just hover the mouse right over a word, and it would just, on the side, kind of give you the Greek and all the different definitions, all the different other places where it is in the Bible. So that's what we're talking about when it's deep Bible study. It's, it's let's look at, you know, just like in the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, a lot of the stories are in different ones. If you read a story that really stands out to you, go look at it in Luke, go look at it in Mark or whatever. Um, so let's, let's be encouraged and really strengthened to go deeper in our Bible study. Um, So listen to this from uh, one of the bibliographies that I studied about Watchman Nee. Nee is repeatedly characterized by those who knew him as a profound student of the scriptures. He demonstrates knowledge of the Greek text in his writings, although it is not clear to me whether he was versed in Greek or depended on other authorities. Kinnear comments, which is one of the guys writing this bibliography, Kinnear comments on Nee's preaching that no one ever saw him use any notes. Sorry, Mr. Watchman, I'm using notes. Uh, For he remembered all he could, or he remembered and could reproduce anything he read. Isn't that pretty amazing? After visiting Shanghai, Charles Barlow commented, some of these dear brethren are very sincere and thirsting for truth. Just a little pause, man. I I, I hope one day somebody says that about me, like thirsting for truth. Watchman Nee is undoubtedly the outstanding man among them. He is far beyond all the rest. He is only 28, but has had a good education and is possessed with, of marked ability. He is a hard worker and reads much. Witness Lee said of, of Nee, I have never met a man so well versed in the scriptures as he. Noted Chinese evangelist John Sung said, for exposition of the scriptures, I am not equal to Watchman Nee. Therefore, like so many great figures in the history of the church, Nee had powerful intellectual gifts uh, that were well-developed, as well as a love of God's word. Let's have a love of God's word. And really, really, um, I just encourage you to, you know, take a look at your weekly routine and and see where you can... uh, 
prioritize Bible study and really, really dig in. So we're going to actually make some, make some really good opportunity for that. Uh, Taylor mentioned it in the open, uh, but next week is our group launch, and we have kind of switched it up a little bit this semester, and what we're doing is actually kind of, we're not calling them house churches, we're still calling them G groups, but many house churches basically all around the city. So we've strategically kind of placed um, these, these groups around the city. We have seven groups. Uh, we have a Pace Milton group, an East Pensacola, East Hill, Central Pensacola, West Pensacola, and Beulah and Cantonment. And am I missing one? I don't, I don't know. Anyways, they're all, you'll hear in detail next week, but they're all over the city. And the, the philosophy and the mindset of this is that we're going to do what I just said, deep Bible study. So every single week, whoever's speaking is going to come up with some discussion questions, maybe three to five discussion questions. And whether it's on a Sunday, we have groups on Sunday night, Monday night, or Thursday night, um, you're going to have the opportunity to get together with one another, have dinner, hang out, build relationships, and then have some time for prayer, maybe communion, um, and then go over these discussion questions. And this is a really opportunity to... Um, Dig in deeper, because we have approximately 35, 40 minutes up here to share, and that may sound like a long time to talk to some people, but actually when you really try to narrow it down and get it, it actually is, you can't go as deep as you maybe want to and would be able to. And also, you know, all of, right now all of you guys are listening to me, it's much better when you can have conversations with multiple people and hear other people's perspective. Right now, I can't really hear what you guys are thinking about this, but in a small group setting, you can. So, um... The culture that we want to really move towards is that we are a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. Does that make sense? We want to be coming together on Sunday as groups. And so like your group, you're going to build relationships. So our philosophy, I mean, our kind of our goal and mindset for this is that <clears throat> we have seven groups now, but we would like to in the spring double that and have 14 groups. And so we want to really see group leaders grow and group leaders emerge out of this. And what is so amazing to me about this, um, we've been obviously talking about these groups for quite a while, and I've been studying this for a while. But Thursday night, we had a meeting with our group leaders, <clears throat> really great meeting, and went over this whole, whole thing that we're talking about. And Friday morning, I continued to do a little bit more reading and studying for this, and check this out, what I found. Um, so this is from another one of the, the bibliographies. It just, it just really, to me, enforce, reinforces the thought of God really being behind this. It says, during the early 1920s, Nee was involved in itinerant evangelistic preaching, meaning he would move around and go to different places, based out of Fuchao. He would usually go out with a small ministry team to preach in a village that had previously not heard the gospel. Kinnear says that Nee was usually successful in reaching good numbers of people on these trips. Such trips were undertaken with his mother, who also preached, including trips outside of China to Indonesia. Listen to this. <clears throat> Nee's method of church planting was to begin with a small group of people meeting in a house. Later, a building would be sought if the group became large. From then on, though, they would hold both home meetings and meetings in the building. They would invariably train indigenous leaders, leadership for this group. Indigenous means just natural and, and continue to see, see giftings in people and raise up people. So um, isn't that pretty, pretty amazing? Oh, and it goes on. Nobody has even hazarded or dared to 
guess as to how many of the millions of Christians meeting in these house churches today may be the outgrowth of Little Flock groups. Remember, Little Flock was the name of the group of churches. Two things are clear. There are many house churches that are directly derived from Little Flock churches, and there are many other groups that owe a substantial debt to Little Flock doctrine doctrine and practice for their survival. Isn't that cool? I mean, I, I just like told the guys Friday morning, I called Taylor and Luis, and I was like, guys, this is just amazing. You know, it's like we've, we've been planning this out, and we had already kind of got had given us this idea a few weeks back, and now here we are Friday morning before Sunday, and this, this comes out that that's exactly what Watchman Nee's philosophy was for growing the church in China. Uh, just, just really, really blessed me, and I, I hope it encourages you guys um, to find a way to get in a group, because um, I just think I don't think I should say I know um, that just coming on Sunday morning, while it's amazing and we, we definitely want to do that, it's just not quite enough. I mean, we really need more. We need depth. We need friendships. We need relationships. And uh, you're going to find that in groups. So like Taylor said, they're actually live right now. You could go ahead and join. Next week, we're going to have the group leaders um, with some tables and stuff. And so you're going to be able to meet the leaders. And, and like I said, we want this to be um, not led by pastors. So each group is going to have a pastoral presence and representation and covering, but the pastors are not there to lead the group. The pastors are there for support and prayer and just be a part of the, a part of the time there. So um, we have many awesome group leaders um, that I'm really excited to see how they, they flourish and grow. And we're gonna, we want to multiply, like I said. So um, if you feel, feel led to lead a group, let us know. So um, go ahead, go to the website. It's up to date with all the times and dates and addresses and leaders. Um, and you could go ahead and sign up now. But for sure, next week, we're going to really, really be pushing. We want to get to the place where we can say that it's, it's more normal for every person in our church to be a part of a group as opposed to it's abnormal for people to be engaged in a group, if that makes sense. So um, it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for this fall semester. So let's be lifelong learners in our own individual time with God, but also in our group. So lifelong learning was number one. <clears throat> number two is patience in suffering. So as um, we said earlier, Watchman Nee, when he was, let's see, 1903 to 52, 49 years old. He's 49 years old, and he got arrested for the sake of the gospel. And what was so bad about his uh, confinement, as opposed to like the Apostle Paul, you know, Paul was able to write letters. I was And my studies, um, Watchman Nee, they would not let him write anything about God or Jesus or anything. They would literally screened his letters going in and out. So that was um, really, really tough, I'm sure, on someone who was so zealous for God and so bold for the bold for God. So as I said in the I read the other things that I've read about him, I, which I encourage you guys to just like I said, we don't have so much time here where I can talk all that I want about him, but he was really a powerful guy, um, super bold for the scripture. And um, he had people telling him to try to get out, but he stuck with it and stayed there. And, um, and so he, he goes through the, all this and he had, let's see, Basically, 29 years of ministry, I guess, because what I read is that 20 was when he really started to travel and <clears throat> raise up churches. So 29 years of ministry, and then the last 20 years, he's, he's confined. So I don't know if you picked up on the dates in there, but he got sentenced 
15 years in 1956, okay? But then he died in 1972, but he was still in confinement. So what happened was, as I was studying this, he never once renounced his faith in God. And because of that, he got ext- his, his time in prison got extended another five years, and then he died just a few years after that. So isn't it just amazing to see the strength? I mean, think about it. Being in, in con- confinement for 15 years, I mean, just the temptation that had to be there to denounce his faith, to get back to normal life, right? But he didn't do it. And that's it's just so inspiring to me. As I said, like, I, and when I think about suffering, when I, especially when I first even started preparing for this, I'm thinking, man, I've, I've never suffered. Like, goodness, I'm, I've, I'm comparing my suffering to Watchman Nee. And um, just, I kind of was down on myself a little bit about that. And then God kind of spoke to me and he said, you know what? We don't compare, just like we don't compare maybe good things, we shouldn't compare the blessings that people get, we should not compare suffering. So it's, it's easy to kind of look at somebody's life who's gone through this, and even if you study the book of martyrs or anything and think, wow, I mean, I'm, it, you can feel guilty, like, man, I got, it, I got it good here. But God told me clearly, don't compare. You're only responsible for what's given to you. You're responsible for the cards that are played to you. You're responsible for the circumstances that surround you and how you react to them and how you persevere through them, whatever they may be. Some of them are harder than others, but whatever we go through, we know that it, uh, it gives us endurance. And that's the scripture that we're going to read, James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Trials of various kinds. So some of our trials are going to be harder. Some of them won't be as hard. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So when we think about suffering, like I said, most of us probably haven't had the same type, especially of suffering as Watchman Nee, but we all have different varying levels. Just remember that We've got to be strong with the things that are played to us, if that makes sense. If, with the things that are given to us, the, the good things and the bad things, we've got to really see how we react to those things and be patient and know that God's in control and just like it says, count it joy. I mean, when we go through, I know it's hard when you're in it, trust me, but when you get on the other side, you're going to feel yourself completely stronger and you're going to have gone through something. So every trial you go through, whether it's very, very difficult, like being imprisoned, um, God forbid we don't have that here in America, but hey, listen, you never know. Um, let's be prepared and be ready for whatever comes, but be patient in your suffering. So <clears throat> remember, the first thing, lifelong learning. Second thing, patience and suffering. And third, die to the flesh. Die to self. Okay, when I say self and the flesh, what I mean is our nature to sin, our inside and the, uh, you know, we're all born with this, unfortunately. Jesus, now when we accept Jesus into our life, um, we are cleansed and we're made new, but there's a process of sanctification, and we're going to read some of this book because this is where it really digs into this. This book right here that's called The Spiritual Man, awesome little testimony about this book, actually. You see it's pretty, pretty brand new. Um, when I decided I was going to do Watchman Nee, I had the book Spiritual Authority, but I had already heard that this one was really, really awesome and didn't have it. So I instantly ordered on Amazon like four weeks ago, and Amazon says, 
ETA, what's today, September 4th, it was like September 1st or 2nd, and I'm like, well, that ain't going to help, I got to I gotta have it before then, so I just kept it on order, and I was like, well, I'll have to shift gears a little bit, and it showed up like a few days after that, so I have had it now for a couple weeks, so I have been able to, to use it, which was just like, Amazon don't know nothing, God knows, so anyways, <laughs> Chelsea will tell you, I, we use Amazon way too much, I don't like Amazon, but it is helpful, I guess, but sorry, that's a side, side note. You can ask me about that in a small group or something. Um, okay, so we're dying to flesh. Let me read these two scriptures, and then I want to um, read some of this book here for you. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In Colossians 3.5, Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking in you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. So, I kind of came up with three lifestyles to help us die to ourselves, die to the flesh. And number one is focus on others. Listen to this. Let's see, this is the purple one. See, I had to kind of color code this here. Purple... Right here. All right, so this is Watchman Nee. The chapter is called Spiritual Work, and we're talking about focusing on others as a way to die to ourself. <clears throat> the spiritual food of a believer is nothing more nor less than accomplishing God's work. The kingdom of God suffers greatly at the hands of spiritual believers who busy themselves with prayer and Bible study and attend only to their spiritual needs. The Lord's people should simply trust God for the sustenance of both their physical and spiritual needs. If they are willing to endure hunger in order to accomplish what God wants them to do, they shall be satisfied. Spiritual food is simply to do his will. Preoccupation with one's own supply causes lack, whereas concern with God's kingdom brings satisfaction. Did you hear that? Concern with, the, with God's kingdom brings satisfaction. He who is occupied with the Father's business and not with his own shall find himself perpetually full. Wasn't that good? I mean, I'm telling you, this book is like rich. I was telling Chelsea, um, obviously, I'm not, I didn't get to read all of this in time, but um, I, I really, really, really want to. I'm going I'm to be diving into this heavy the next few months. <clears throat> so he says it right there. Um, God's work is what we have to feed ourselves on. That's what we must do. It helps, it helps you really to die to self. So um, I got into ministry, well, I mean, we, we were helping with youth and kids stuff for, I mean, since I can remember, but um, officially, fully in, in ministry at 25. And um, I can say that obviously 25, you still kind of got a little, you know, young kid to work out of you at 25, I think. But the fact that I got into ministry and started to really do God's work, it has a way of keeping you away from bad stuff. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like now I've got, at that time, we, you know, had our, we had the youth ministry of probably 20, 25 kids. And I got these kids that look up to me. And, you know, it it really has a way of helping us, okay, it's not about me. It's not about um, my, you know, wants and desires and needs. I got to start, I'm living to help these other people. So all of us in our, 
lives. We all, every single one of you in here, have people in this life that look up to you, people in this life that um, you have an influence on. And we have to focus on others, and we've got to focus on how we're impacting them. It's very, very important how we influence the people around us. So um, that's the first thing, focus on others. Again, these are lifestyles that help us die to ourselves. Number two, and I had a little little uh, word play here, remain watchful daily. Watchman knee, he's watching, right? We remain watchful daily of the flesh and of our self. So i got two sections to read here because this is, this is um, really, really powerful. He, this whole section that we're going to read from is a deep study of our soul and a deep study of the flesh that's inside of us and the things that the sin nature inside of us and how we, how we react to that. Because like I said before, we earn salvation and we're made righteous in God's eyes, but what we're about to read will tell us that it can be easy to let the, the flesh and the sin nature creep back up in our lives. <clears throat> because until we go to heaven, it's, it's not completely gone. Listen to this. What a believer must do now is to bring this sure death out of his spirit and apply it to his members each time his wicked lusts may be aroused. Now, when we think about that, it's not just a a sexual lust, a, a sinful lust of any type. Such spiritual death is not a once for all proposition. Whenever the believer is not watchful or loses his faith, the flesh will certainly go on a rampage. If he desires to be conformed completely to the Lord's death, he must unceasingly put to naught the deeds of his members so that what is real in the spirit may be executed in the body. Unceasingly, that's the word that I highlighted there. That, that's what we've, we've got to constantly be watchful. And then one more little paragraph here. Transformation from soulish to spiritual does not guarantee that believers will never again walk according to the flesh, On the contrary, an ever-present danger exists of falling back into it. Satan is constantly alert to seize every opportunity to cause them to plunge from their lofty position to a life below par. Hey, who knew uh, Watchman Nee was a golfer, Jay? You hear that? He said it is therefore, uh, what did he hear? It's easy, or now I'm lost all all track here. But he, he said something about par, that's golf. That's what I mean, point. It is therefore highly necessary for God's children to be watchful at all times and to follow the Spirit so that they may remain spiritual. Isn't that like, whew, deep, deep good stuff. We've got to constantly remain watchful every day. So that, that looks different for each and every one of us. We all have uh, different tendencies and different levels of, of responsibility and different levels of maturity so far, but... Um, Always remain watchful. And thirdly, of these lifestyles to help us die to ourselves, it's limit exposure to the world. Now, when I say the world, that doesn't mean that we don't go out to eat dinner. It doesn't mean that we don't go to movies. It doesn't mean any of that. What I'm saying is, um, and this, this also really looks different for each one of us, but um, we've got to, Honestly, I'm sure all of you know this, that Satan is crafty. Um, Satan is, is smart in how he uses uh, Facebook, ESPN, all the different things that we might go to on, online. 
he's, he's just like we read, he's constantly looking for an opportunity, constantly looking for a way. Marketing, you know, drive down the road and there's a billboard of a bikini. It's like, you know, we're always going to be bombarded with this stuff. We can't remove ourselves from the world, which is exactly the scripture we're about to read, but we have to do what we can to try to limit our exposure. We don't want to be overly exposed to these things and constantly putting that stuff in our brain. Um, John 17, 15, this is Jesus praying to God for us. I'm asking you, or no, sorry, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. So we're not supposed to, we're supposed to be in the world, right, but not of the world. And that's what I'm saying. It means different things to different people. So we all have our convictions. Um, there's, you know, some people, it really affects them to watch violence movies. Some people, it really affects to watch anything with magic. And some people are really affected by um, cussing in music and stuff like that. You know, it, it's up to you and the Holy Spirit to kind of decide, this for me is not okay. This this is too much for me. This is, and of course, if it's clearly in the Bible, then you know, it's, it's clearly in the Bible, but <laughs> we can't adjust those things. But, you know, it doesn't say in the Bible, don't listen to, don't watch R-rated movies or don't do this or don't do that. You have to, for yourself, decide this is too much for me. But it, the key is we remain watchful, right? We remain watchful and we kind of can look at ourselves and constantly daily be assessing, okay, I probably ought to change it back to 95.7. Isn't that, Caleb? Good, okay. Yeah, or whatever. Um, I, I actually don't listen to the radio too much anymore. It's all on the phone, but um, the point is, be always thinking about, okay, the things that I'm letting allow, allowing into my life, and even parents allowing into your kid's life, um, be watchful. Um, my son's awesome. You're awesome. Don't, don't take this the wrong way, but he's, he's growing up and getting into middle school and high school and having outside influences coming in that, hey, I'm watchful of what is going in my life, but I think I'm probably now a little more watchful of what's going into my kid's life. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, so that's, that's why sometimes you don't get to do the things you might want to do. But anyways, we're watching, always being watchful of the exposure that we allow into our lives, into our kids' lives. So we've got to die to self, you guys. We've got to be a lifelong learner, and we've got to be patient in suffering. Whatever the suffering looks like for you, whatever the trials are for you, Remember, we don't compare them, but we have to really, really, um, just like, I mean, Watchman Nee had heavy suffering, um, but we have to just be, be patient and know that God's in it and not, just like he did, not denounce our faith and really move strong and count it joy because we're going to be strengthened through it. So um, I hope you've been encouraged. Worship team, we can come on up and we'll, uh, we'll move to a close. But <clears throat> this series really, for me, has so far, of course, we still got three weeks, I believe, and uh, it's just interesting and awesome to see. I hope, Watchmen, if you were watching, um, that I, that I did, you, did you justice there. But you were an awesome dude. And I uh, hope we can all learn from that and move on. So um, let's, let's go to the Lord in kind of an attitude of prayer right now. And uh, I just want to pray over you guys. And we'll finish with a song of worship. So, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you would empower us, Father, to... Um, really remain, remain watchful of everything that, that we do and every word that we say and every action that we take, um, that we would truly be able to emulate these things that we've talked about this week, Lord God. And uh, I just pray for those in the room, Father, who um, need a refreshing moment 
with you, whether it's for the first time or whether it's for the 80th time. Lord, we always need to run back to you and run to you, Father. So right now we just, um, we just commit, Lord, our lives to you. We commit ourselves to you, Father. And I just pray that um, through even this song of worship that you would just touch our spirits and empower us um, to walk in this life and walk with power and walk with strength. And we give it to you in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet and worship. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.